You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We have the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. One good thing about the two-week camp that we're currently undergoing as we speak is the fact that now that we have some content, Constantly at our fingertips because of the way that the players speak to local media and even James Borrego, who we talked a little bit about a couple of days ago. So Devontae Graham spoke with media yesterday and he had some interesting things, I think, to say to me real quickly. Mm -hmm. I hate being the person that swoons over (laughs) each of these players' comments. I am a media professional. I want to hold uh, myself to a standard that doesn't immediately swoon over everything that they say. And, oh my God, did you see what he said? Believe in it 100%. Oh, let's all believe in the cliches that each one of these players say, we're really working hard. This is what I worked on. But Nada, I hear their comments and I just can't help it. I mean, so, 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 so wait, hold on. Mr. Big Bad Media Professional, Mr. I'm going to be the ice queen of the media. I'm not <laughs> going to let any of this affect me. And here you are swooning at some training camp comments. Oh my God, the iceberg yeah. has melted. We are all going to die. It is global heartwarming day, folks. Global the- heartwarming. <laughs> I mean, I gave Terry Rogier some praise for what he had to say a couple of days ago, I just mm-hmm. thought he was really transparent. I thought everything that he said made sense. I think he's been very vulnerable with us. And I like when people are transparent with us. And to you know, tie it all together, I thought everything that he was saying was, was good for the Hornets' outlook, was good for mm-hmm. his individual growth outlook. Yeah. Even if I don't think Terry Rozier is a part of this future, even though, you know, despite the numbers that he put up, you know, he's a very polarizing dude, whatever. I have found it, joyful to listen to him and his comments. And same thing here with Devontae. Let's kind of dive into what he said yesterday, Nada. So first things first, I want to get the cliches out of the way because like, I hate doing it. But at the same time, I think they matter a little bit. And so I want to address them without overstating them, even though I feel like we already have. He He talks about leadership. And I know we talked about that with PJ. You were one that thought maybe PJ would be somebody that the Hornets lean on. Well, the coaching staff has communicated with Devontae Graham. Devontae himself has taken it upon him to be more of a vocal leader. That's not anything that I'm surprised about, but I do expect Devontae to take that next step up. We've already talked about that. We can move on. Some of the things that I thought were interesting too was what he's improved on or what he's at least trying to work on this offseason. He talks about his mid-range game. Okay. His stats were awful in the mid-range last season, so there's no doubt that he needs to work on that. But he also talked about James Borrego and some of the projects that he has Devontae working on. So Devontae's been watching Steve Nash film and Damian Lillard film. He's been watching Steve Nash film for his decision-making in the pick and roll, and he's been watching Damian Lillard film on the three-point distance. Dude, <laughs> I would love to have Devontae just chucking it from 35 even more consistently, where he already gave us a decent amount of long shots last he year, did. I believe. But Damian is in a different world. And if you were able to give me some Damian Lillard-like things from Devontae, that would be great. But I, I just I like the specific things that he was addressing here, Nada. And these are the things that I'm talking about 
when I when I'm telling you I'm swooning over them. Mm-hmm. It's just they're they're very specific things that he's that he's talking with us about that I think you know, Devante, I think, has shown how hard of a worker he is. I, yes. I think that is something that you can see in him. And I just really like what I've heard from Devante about what he's working on. Now, of course, he's got to deliver on it. I mean, it's one thing to say it. It's one yes. thing to say that we're working on all of it. And, you know, hopefully we can get better. Yeah, you know, hopefully so. If you don't deliver, then we'll have to move on. But I do like what I'm hearing from him on what he's working on, the way he's going about it, and just the general overall attitude that he has with weaknesses in his game. Now, look, the thing is, I think personally you love it, Walker, because a lot of this sounds like a whole bunch of the criticisms that we have had on this podcast. And he is basically, this press conference, you know what it really was? You feel like it is a secret love letter to you. Like, dear, again, Devontae is going, dear Walker, these are the things I am working on. How, again, does it make you feel better about what where my game is going? Because I feel like that's what he's doing right now. He's trying to basically find a way to make us all love him and make me feel bad about saying, no, don't extend this guy. Let him gamble on himself some more so we can go get these picks. That's what I want to do. I wanted to do that. I wanted to feel good, conscience clean about not resigning this guy. But now here we go. He's going mm-hmm. to tell me he's going to try and work on his 35 footers, which, mind you, if LaMelo Ball ends up being here, it's going to be a really, in, really interesting experiment because we also know LaMelo likes to shoot 35-footers even if he can't hit them. So there's a whole lot of this that becomes interesting. I do remember that, again, him getting to the rim was an issue. And the fact that – but more importantly, like the fact that he is working on scoring at all three levels is something that is really, really cool to figure out and to see him get there. Now, the Steve Nash pick-and-roll stuff, now, again, that's the thing that has me salivating because... Well, yeah, that was a bonus, not a... Or I wasn't ever criticizing him for his pick-and-roll play. I think he's good. I think he's a good decision-maker. But if you're going to get better, hell yeah, go ahead and watch Steve now. Exactly. You know who should be the happiest about this off the pick-and-roll? Who's that? That'd be pick, that'd be P.J. Washington. <laughs> that'd be a Miles Bridges, too, if you play him at the four because that the idea of a pick-and-pop or a pick-and-roll with Miles and Devontae, and then you have to guard Miles as a rim threat, or if he, again, or you can get Miles on a switch where he posts up and down low. Hey, I like this whole idea. This just gives us options and more things to experiment with, which is great because this is what this two weeks is for. <laughs> I, I love other- it. One of the other things that he mentioned he wants to work on too, by the way, is he said he wants to move better and he wants to move more efficient to decrease the risk of potential injury. So he's doing lots of yoga and has been doing that in the six month um, time that they've had off here during the pandemic. So good things there as well. Um, pretty cool to see Devonte talk about that. Another thing he discussed, Nada, was that he's over not ever getting a chance to win the Most Improved Player of the Year award. But anybody that saw him play, he knows what it is, and uh, we know what it is if you've yes, seen him exactly. play. And then he also talked about how much he appreciates guys like LeBron James, other players, even Luka Doncic mentioning Devonte. He does appreciate other players um, noting that Devonte should have been within that category and at least had a better shot. He also talks about there needing to be more clarity as far as who wins most He's improved right. player of the year. And he is right on that. I mean, we, we've talked about this. MIP is crazy. I think it's the most, it's, it's the weirdest. It's the mm-hmm. one where I kind of throw my hands up in the air when trying to figure out who wins it. It's the hardest to understand because, I mean, it, it's such a different interpretation to everybody. 
Like I, I always go back to a quote from Kevin Arnovitz. I think I heard it on the Low Post Pod or something, where the, he was talking about the way that people vote for MIP, and he was like, "Yeah, one of the arguments that you have is, wait, this player was a lot worse last year, and we're supposed to reward him for, even though." You know, the sense is, okay, you improved so much. Well, okay, he wasn't nearly as bad as much last year as this guy. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to reward somebody for that. (laughs) I mean, um, you know, and we can talk about like the top five picks thing that people seem to think, you know, if you're top five pick, you you shouldn't be eligible. I'm with him on that. I've already given you my rant on MIP, but I'm certainly with him on that. Um, Did anything else stick out to you, Nada, when Devontae Graham was speaking with media yesterday? Anything else that was noteworthy? No, nothing, just the overall, again, him clowning on everybody's golf game. And apparently, <laughs> right. table tennis being the uh, hot competitive thing is something that I did not see coming. If I, if someone told me that table tennis was going to be the thing everybody literally fought over and argued over, I would have called you crazy. Turns <laughs> out, I'm the crazy one. Yeah. Well, Cody Zeller apparently was running the table, I think maybe like the first night. I think he went six and zero. Oh, but Terry Rozier is here to tell you that he's the best. Devontae Graham is here to tell you that he's the best at ping pong. One other thing before we go to the second segment, he did say that when the season concludes and he is able to do so, he would be willing to talk about that contract extension you were mentioning uh, once the season is done. And so good sign there that Devontae Graham would be willing to do that. I don't know. Way to that. make me look like a jerk, Devontae. Way <laughs> to make me look like a jerk. Um, we've already talked about this. We talked about this yesterday, but you know how I am. I know how you are on this. Devontae willing to do that should be pretty interesting to see exactly how all of that plays out. Have plenty more to get to here in the Lockdown Hornets podcast um, coming up next on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm, I'm a little. I listen. Hold on. I, now, see, uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know, I'm uh-huh. under the weather. You know, I'm not at 100 percent right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured. And that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So going back to just how much I like the dudes on this team for Mm -hmm. the dudes that they are, not even just the way that they play basketball, but Devontae Graham, great character guy, PJ Washington, great character guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we talked about this last year when trying to decide who they su- they should select in the NBA draft. And I think it popped up most with Kevin Porter Jr. Because yeah. there were a lot of question marks about him off of the court and whether teams wanted to go through that. And man, I was surprised to see him drop as far as he did. I mean, Kevin Porter almost dropped out of the first round entirely. And here he is in Cleveland actually playing pretty well. And as the season went on, Kevin looked good up there in yes, Cleveland. Yes, he did. And so, you know, that, that was somebody that I really liked, but apparently just the attitude or whatever off-court issues that he had, I feel like that had a big uh, play in him actually dropping. So, Nana, usually I kind of throw that out the window. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. motor issues that you're worried about, and I get all of that. But I, I wonder if you have a Devontae Graham with the kind of character that he has, just an amazing dude. Mm -hmm. DJ Washington, I think, has showcased that quite a bit as well, where it just seems like somebody that works hard and talk about poise, just kind of emotionless, right? There's not a whole lot that is going to bother him. You like that a lot. There just seems to be great guys on this team. 
And that's kind of been something with the Panthers and the Hornets here in Charlotte. I always thought, again, that was overstated. Like, who cares, man? Give me talent. That's what I want. Give me somebody that will dunk on you and point in your face and you might question his character. But I want some of that. I I want some attitude on this team. This team is very tight knit. And, you know, some of the attitudes are just fantastic. Does it bother you if you were to bring in somebody that maybe has a little bit of motor issues or off the court issues or some character question marks. Um, do you want to stay away from that? Or are you like, no, screw that. Give me the talent. And I trust James Brego and this team to kind of take whatever prospect they would select. Yeah. I feel like this is a targeted LaMelo ball question. I feel like this is a targeted LaMelo ball. Question. Really? I don't, I don't think so. With the guy that I have in mind a little bit more so is I, look before we throw any names out there, like off mm-hmm. the court stuff, I don't know of any off the court problems that any of these top guys have. Yeah. And if I'm missing it, I apologize. But LaMelo, apparently everybody loves him, right? Yeah, like it, exactly. It, it, and I don't care. Like I, I could not care any less if I tried about the LeVar Ball stuff. I want LaMelo because he's a sick passer. That's why I want LaMelo. Um, Anthony Edwards is the one that comes to mind. And I don't know anything about his off-the-court character, so I'm not going to call that yeah. into question. I've heard him talk a few times. I don't know him, but you know he's fine. I just know that some of the evaluation is that he settles for shots. The motor's not there. He's not engaged defensively constantly. Like It seems like there are some more effort questions with him than there is with some of these other players. And, and so... I don't know how much that factors into character, but that was the kind of guy I was thinking more. So I don't want to put them into a corner that says, Hey, they've got big off the court issues. No, let's get that out right now. Exactly. I'm just talking about some of the effort minded stuff that you have in evaluating these prospects. Effort. Here's the thing. Effort. I am one of those that was, I was just a unmotivated kid at 18, 19. So I can't judge kids for not if they're on a bad team and they are one of those folks that just like give up or just start working on again start just taking shots and taking over when they have chances to win like this those are things that I'm not sure I hold against players and I'm not sure we should yeah. because there are a lot of again I hate to put it like this but we're at a lot of jobs where sometimes we're just going through the motions because hey we like to check we like again it's that normalcy so I don't, again, motivation issues aren't necessarily things that I worry about. But when we start talking about having a group of basketball nerds here, the idea is to necessarily build a culture where even like the most, like how would I put it? The most uninitiated or those that are like, okay, I love basketball. I'm just not so, not so sure about how much I love basketball. And then they step into this arena. They step into Charlotte again, Spectrum Center and start practicing. And then they realize, holy hell, I love basketball just like these guys do. And I think that's why it's important to bring guys in like Devontae Graham, bring in a PJ Washington. Guys like that end up changing the culture in a way that coaches can't because now now you're bringing in guys that see the examples of what they're seeing in the film room and what they're seeing on the practice court and taking it and applying it. So a lot of this feels like it, mat- it, it should matter, but I, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily matter to me. Well, it really doesn't. Well, I mean, for me, you know, I, I go back to some of those players last year. You know, Kevin Porter was somebody that, mm-hmm. I th- that did have off-the-court issues. Like, that was yeah. legit, at least how it was documented. You know, Cam Reddish is someone that came to mind just as far as 
how he would settle. And he played with Zion. He played with RJ Barrett. People were kind of questioning his dog mentality. If it was somebody mm-hmm. that would kind of go towards the back rather than step out and be a leader. And Cam really came along as the season went yep. on. It was ugly for him at first, but you know, eventually he, he would shoot better as the season went on and he got better. And you know, there's some really encouraging things with reddish down in Atlanta, Anthony Edwards. Like, I don't know if it's the dog mentality. It, I, I get it more with Anthony from him just being so damn talented and, you know, just, just run and bleep his entire career. Like, mm-hmm. does he get bored and just want to shoot jump shots because he's a beast when he takes it to the rim. We know how athletic he is. He's a bulldog. He's athletic as hell, but he settles for jump shots and, you know, you have legitimate question marks about the shot, but just mentality wise, you know, I, I guess, is that enough of a deterrent for you if Anthony Edwards is there at three and not a, I, as much as like, I have some basketball questions about Anthony Edwards compared to a Vassell compared to a ball compared to maybe some other people. I don't know if I'm saying, nope, I'm not selecting Anthony Edwards simply because of maybe some of the settling that he's done in college. The, the reason that you would say no to an Anthony Edwards, quite honestly, is because of the basketball IQ. And we know basketball IQ is one of the hardest things to teach. And I hate using basketball IQ, but it's more of a situational awareness while you're on the court. That's been shown not to be there. That is something you absolutely worry about. But at the same time, if Anthony Edwards is there at three, it's not stopping me. I have bigger questions about want to and everything else with a guy like Wiseman, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and I know there's been some motor issues there a little bit. It's a good point. I, I know at least it's been mentioned at, at, at times with him. Um, but yeah, like I'm with you. Just just give me the talent. I, I understand that it might kind of have me raise an eyebrow because of the the characters that you have in this locker room um, already. But look, you know, the and, and you don't have the veterans at least right now. Like Nick Batum isn't going to say, hey, you know, knock that bleep out, you know, you know, or cut it out. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, Bismack would, you know, yes. um, Marvin would, Marvin you know, I, I don't know if Nick Batum is that guy that would do it. And Cody maybe Zeller, Marcus Saul, if he comes here, <laughs> well, just like any of those free agents, maybe. Yeah. When we were talking about the veterans and, and Cody doesn't strike me as that guy that's going to be this crazy vocal leader. Hey, you know, rah, rah, let's rally the troops. Maybe Terry, mm-hmm. um, considering the role that he's taken, but yeah, you know, the leadership, you know, I, I think Devontae and Terry can carry that. Um, but, you know, we'll see what kind of character uh, that any of these prospects have, which it hasn't been all this crazy, like, oh, my God, stay away. He's he's nuclear. But, you know, just just some interesting, like, kind of effort, decision-making. You know, is it settling? How easy is it fixed? You know, those are some of the things that I have in question with some of these. Um, you know, I, I just at least how much it matters, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Just like, how much I wonder- it, it matters. It matters a decent amount, but... Like, I just, I love the way this team is being, like, quite honestly, I love the way this team is being built. And when we start talking about motor issues, when we start talking about all those intangibles, the things that end up being the thing that gums up the works, I kind of, like, I'm quite honestly, I kind of, I'm okay with whoever they select. I'm at that point where, again, even if it was Wiseman, even though I've publicly said if they draft Wiseman and yeah. they haven't learned a single lesson of the draft. <laughs> they, like they haven't. They, I will say, I will, I feel confident in saying they have not learned their lesson. However, that being said, I try again, at this point, I trust the culture that they've built. Unfortunately for, for better or worse, I've trust the culture they've built 
they have earned some equity with me. In this there is some real one. mental wrestling in your James Wiseman yes. and trying to give the Hornets player development credit. There is yes. some real mental wrestling yes. on your part from all of this. But no, I, I think it, it does go to just the kind of communication, you know, you know, throw out the X's and O's, at least in this instance. James Borrego has been great at communicating with players of bunch with all demographics, you know, like the guy mm-hmm. that is vocal, the guy that's not the veteran player, the young player, the player that's going back and forth from G League, or if you're a PJ or a first-round pick, that's not going to the G League. I think over all sorts of different situations of players on the roster, he has communicated extremely effectively to the point where Mm -hmm. those guys that are going back and forth from the G League, they don't view it nearly as a punishment as much anymore. Yeah, Devontae brought that up uh, yesterday. Right. And, and even I know Dwayne has kind of brought that up where he just wants to go down there and get some run and you know how it's been affected, communicated, uh, communicated effectively with Nick Batum, his role, just everybody. Like I, there's some credit that James Borrego deserves on that, that we've given him plenty of times here. Something else that is effective. It's built bar. It's effective with its taste. And it is effective with its performance. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And the bars are low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. They have fantastic flavors, peanut butter, coconut, almond, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. Best of all, you get a free cooler with your purchase if you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Go to the, go to the website, BuiltBar.com. And use promo code locked on, all one word, zero spaces, and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. One more segment to go for the week on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I, think I know. There's still me a too. chance. Yeah. I think he's uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada, you and I are in a bit of the same boat that we have a couple yes. of weddings on the horizon. I know you have one. I have one that's going to be taking place in mid-October. And you got to do the rehearsal dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to go get fitted for the tux. You got to do all mm-hmm. of that stuff if you're a groomsman and or if you're going to be just trying to floss at the wedding with the suit that you got. Do you feel good about your flossing situation? Um, here's again, I think we need to start this. First, I am one of those that, again, I would uh, just judge my, and basically judge my dressing situation, my fashion situation as, um, bohemian homeless. That's how I would go with that. (laughs) Sometimes I look good. Sometimes I look bad again, but for the most part, I just like to be comfortable. So I have about a week until this thing starts. And Unfortunately, like fortunately slash unfortunately, like we're talking about getting a suit and getting it tailored and everything else like that. And my again, because again, this is my girlfriend's like childhood friend's wedding that we're going to. And she's one of the bridesmaids. And they're talking about doing stuff like matching ties, Walker. Oh, like yeah. Matching, you you, you, you yeah, got to come ready to go, man. Like, yeah, I'm like, not going to hear about this. Anything with homeless in your fashion sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an not important happening. wedding like this. No, no, no. It's 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 like this is like this this might be my playoff situation, and I may end up. <laughs> look, I may end up being Paul George, or pl- I may be playoff P on this one. This mm. this may not go well. Um, it, it, again, by this time, like again by October fifth, we shall know if I'm still in a relationship or not. 
We'll find out. Because okay, and it might come down to this. Instead of playoff P, instead of Styles P, you're no Styles P. If you Exactly, go no Styles P. That's my calorie spike. <laughs> <laughs> no Styles P is what your moniker is going to be. Now, me, on the other hand, I wish that I could dress myself because I'm not going to lie to you. I feel myself anytime I go to a wedding or dress up for oh, an geez. occasion as such. I do feel my fashion like that. The problem is you don't have any say in the matter if you are a part of the groomsman party. And so for me, it's a tux that I have to pick up. Now, I don't know exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got fitted already, but I don't think they actually put the real jacket on me. They were just going with a similar jacket that they would then, you know, get the other one or whatever. So I don't know what the tux looks like. I just know it's a lot of money. I think the guy might be listening. So shout out to my buddy who's doing this. Um, but he knows what it is. It's a decent amount that I'm going to have to pay for a tux that I'm renting. I might try to figure out if I could just buy it outright if I like the style or not. But that's the thing, man. They're putting clamps down on me. I'm trying They're to show out. And I got to be a groom. They're putting clamps down on you? They're putting... Oh, no. They put the mm -hmm. clamps down on you. Yeah, man. I mean, I've so, got so, again, so who's that I was looking try. at his dort? Who's dort in this situation? What do you mean, who's dort? I don't even know what yeah, that no, means. No, again. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Who's playing defense on me? Yeah, <laughs> I thought exactly. you were talking about. I thought you were talking about Lou Dort uh, yeah. being extremely fashionable in the playoffs. Oh no, like, no, I no, no, his no, 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 suits or no, something no, like no, that. No. Um, well, it's the, it's the it's the groom, right? Because I mean, it, it's not his fault. It's just what yeah. it is when you're a groomsman. I mean, that's just what it is. You got to wear what you're supposed to, and so. Maybe I can just try to put out some uh, decent socks. You know, I've got a, I've got some nice socks that I can put out there. Maybe roll up a pants leg a little bit and show everybody what I've got going on down there. That's really the only oh, way geez. that I'm going to be able to show out. Now, the other question we could have in the number one rule of local news is to make national stories local or just any story local. Who do you <laughs> think does have the best sense of style on the Hornets that you can think of, at least at this moment in time? Um, because he's technically still on the roster. It's yeah. Bismack. It's oh, it's Bismack. Bismack. Okay. It's Bismack. I like Biz too. Uh, Dwayne Bacon is somebody that I think I thought you were going to go with. Um, nah, nah. I thought like, Dwayne Biz has got that classic old school, like Biz for like my age set dresses like I probably should dress and I don't. <laughs> that's, that's where we're going with this. Um, the fact that you put homeless in your fashion sense, Nada, I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm going to mm -hmm. take the one time that I have the advantage to do this. And call you, me an uncultured savage? You, my friend, are one uncultured savage. You take yes, that in the weekend, and you put that in, and you put that and you take it, and you wear it, and then you embrace it. You are an uncultured savage, and I'm glad that I can flip it on you. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown <laughs> Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great day. Uh, try to make sure that you guys are not uncultured savages like Nada is during the weekend. We'll be back to recap everything that happened over the weekend on Monday. <laughs> 